It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 12th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosser-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode, we'll break down the Magic's win over the New York Knicks and what a win it was. And we'll talk about the Magic here at this 13-game mark, this 12-game mark, a turning point last year for the team and where the Magic stand one year later. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a podcast covering the Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every team in the NBA. Looking to get a leg up on the Washington Wizards, check out Locked On Wizards. Trying to remember what it's like to lose games by 30 points, check out Locked On Knicks. Although I think they might be looking for a new host at the moment, so maybe they aren't running right now, which you know is pretty much giving more effort than the Knicks did on Sunday night. That's a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, but there's a Locked On podcast for every team in the NBA. There's Locked On NBA covering the big national issues. There's Locked On Fantasy Basketball covering fantasy basketball issues. You can check all that out, plus the NFL, the MLB, and colleges over on the Locked On podcast. I work to search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic uh, traveled to New York City to start this little two-game road trip. Uh, and... Ha, you know, and and had a lot working against them. Jonathan Isaac still out with the sprained ankle. He's you know looking like he might be back later on this week. I wouldn't expect him back for Monday's game against Washington. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Gordon also out with a sprained ankle, suffered during the Wizards' win on Friday. So the Magic were down two starters. They were starting Wessa Wundu and Jarrell Martin. And yes. This was the New York Knicks, not a great team. Uh, still a team that's dangerous when they're playing really well. Um, but still, the Magic are not a team that can afford to be down too many other key guys. They're already down two starters. None of it mattered. Because the Magic played absolutely brilliantly, for, for the most part, in this game. Certainly, the Knicks played very poorly on their end. The Magic started hot. or started, I don't want to say started hot. They started strong, going up 10-0, taking a 30-10 lead after one quarter and never looked back, never trailed, and defeating the New York Knicks 115-89. There was simply not a lot the Magic could do wrong. Jaron Grant hit threes. Terrence Ross hit threes. The ball moved really well, 31 assists on 44 field goal makes. Orlando managed the glass well with nine offensive rebounds. They hit 17 three-pointers. They forced 21 turno- 19, uh, 19 turnovers for 22 points. They dominated every facet of this game. And the New York Knicks never made any kind of run at them. From start to finish, this was about as good as the Magic had played all year long. Now, I'll be the buzzkill and say that there were plenty of segments where I was not thrilled with the Magic's offense where I thought 
They were settling for threes too much. They weren't doing a good enough job getting to the line, which, again, is a major problem for this team. Only 11 free throw attempts in this game. Where they missed a lot of open shots, where, you know, they, again, they settled. I mean, Magic took 42 three-pointers in this game. I don't think that that is a healthy number for this group, even when they're making them like they were on Sunday night. But none of that mattered either. And why didn't it matter? Because the Magic's defense was on point all night long. They were scrambling to shooters and contesting shots. They were doing a decent job on the glass. The only thing New York really did well on throughout the game was offensive rebounding, but it was never a threat because they were quickly there to challenge. They deflected a lot of passes. They were in passing lanes. They were forcing turnovers, getting out in transition. Not only did they have the 22 points off, or the 22 points off 19 turnovers, they also had 14 fast break points. Orlando had their foot on the pedal and never let up in this game. Whereas in previous games, Orlando built big leads, including 20-point leads, and watched them slip away, making them sweat at the end. Here, New York had no run. New York had no push. New York was fighting and playing hard, but they couldn't stop the Magic either. And while Orlando shot 50% from the floor in the first half to really take this lead and, and put this game away, so to speak, the fact that Orlando ended up shooting just 45% from the floor, scoring only 50 points in the second half, I think is a testament to how good the defense really was. The Knicks, for their part, shot only 35.2% from the floor. 5 for 28, 17.9% from beyond the arc. The 14 offensive rebounds were concerning, but Orlando was there to quickly challenge and make things hard for the Knicks. Really, again, the rebounding was the only issue the Magic had, and that is that is something that has been an issue for this Magic team. But there was no stopping the Magic in this game. They were the better team. They were the harder-working team. They were the team making shots. They were the team playing with the better energy, the more focused, intense effort. And they were the team that earned this blowout victory. Something that the Magic haven't said at all this year and haven't had the opportunity to say very much over the last six years. Orlando put all the pieces together. They got their work done. They got out of town. Getting ready for Monday's game against the Washington Wizards. That game will be considerably different and considerably tougher than this one. Because while the Magic did beat the Wizards on Friday night and looked very good doing so, in that game, they gave up a big lead. The Wizards actually got it down to one point with about two and a half minutes to play. John Wall, a big catalyst for that, a piece that the Knicks simply do not have. And the following night in Miami on Saturday, the Wizards found themselves down again, not by as much, and took the win solely because of what Wall was able to do. So the Wizards, they got a win under their belt since the Magic last faced them. And you know that Wizards team is going to want to get this win, and certainly if Aaron Gordon cannot go, that's a huge weapon the Magic will have sitting on the bench that they'll be missing. Fortunately, like the Knicks, the Wizards are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And so if there's a chance to repeat this performance in any way, Orlando certainly is facing an opponent that will allow them to do it. The Magic do have their work cut out for them. Like I said, I will be the buzzkill here. I thought there were a not insignificant moment of the game or portion of the game. But the Magic offense, I thought, was not very good. 
The Knicks just were unable to take advantage in the way that, yes, Washington will. So the Magic climbed to within a game of 500 at 6-7, and seven, playing much better basketball now, having won four of their last five. Plenty of flaws, plenty still to grow with. But a good step in the right direction, putting this game away and finishing this one off quickly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's run through the final stats real fast for you here as we uh, get ready for that next game. Nikola Vucevic with 21 points, 10 for 17 shooting, 14 rebounds. I say this every time. That's a typical Nikola Vucevic game. Struggled with the offensive glass, especially when Ennis Cantor was there. Mitchell Robinson had nine blocks, so a lot of sloppy play around the basket again. This is why I, I kind of say... The Magic were not as good offensively as the, as the numbers may look. I thought there were a lot of moments where they really looked like they were struggling. Uh, and not stagnant. I think the, the defense took care of that. But um, I, I was not so in, in on the offense this game, even though they, they, played, they, they made shots and played very, very well. Big reason for that, Terrence Ross. 22 points, 8 for 12 shooting, 5 for 8 from beyond the arc, 3 assists, and 2 blocked shots. Ross was active in every way. When he got the ball, he was looking to shoot and made his shots. That's a big, 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 big plus. Especially because Evan Fournier only shot 5 for 13. D.J. Augustin, 3 for 7. Really, this game was won a lot by the bench in many ways. Um, but again, Orlando struggling to shoot in that second half, to, having taken care of things in the first half. Ross was fantastic, though. Not just for his offense. He kept the ball moving like he always does. Um, you know, He does tend to chuck a little bit, but but he was making him tonight, so go go get him. Uh, but defensively, he was fantastic as well. A lot of deflections, a lot of tips, always in the right spot. Um, Ross was was a really fantastic player all night long for the Magic. Probably the best player for the team on this day. Just, just a guy that the Magic fed and fed and fed, and he just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Like I said, Evan Fournier, 12 points, 5 for 13, shooting 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. Um, you know, I, I really don't have much to say about Evan. I think he did most of his damage in the first half and, and was fine there. Um, I, I think it is worth noting the other two starters, the new starters, Wessa Wundu, three for eight, seven points, eight rebounds to assist, was active everywhere but a shot. And I think um, he missed a couple of wide open shots that the Magic are going to need him to make. Um, he has to be a threat offensively. And I think right now he's not really a big threat offensively. Um, he's still kind of driving wildly into the into the lane, um, not playing very effectively on the ball. And of course, his shot is suspect, to say the least. Uh, again, I, I needed to see him make some of those open shots that he got. He was a little disappointed that he did not. Um, you know, I'm sure he's worked hard on his shot to make it more consistent. It's just not there yet. Uh, so, Iwandu, struggling a little bit. He's struggled a little bit since being in the starting role. Um, Terrence Ross is the one finishing games when it matters. Uh, so, Iwandu still has a lot of work to do there. Jarrell Martin, 7 points, 2 for 10 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds. Martin played all right. I, I don't mind Martin. I think you just have to temper your expectations, understand what and who he is. Taking five three-pointers if you're Jarrell Martin, I know that you're shooting it better, that you have a little more confidence in that shot. That's not your shot. That's really not the shot I want Jarrell Martin taking. Um, and so I, I think that while he is doing some good things, I don't think he's a negative on the floor. Um, he could get sucked into taking a few too many shots and, and, and really 
um, putting himself and the team in a worse position. So, um, you know, if, if Martin's going to start another game on Friday, I want to see him be a little bit more selective with the shots and, and, and work to get closer to the basket when he can. Um, just, just a, you know, I think we got to understand what, what we're getting in Jarrell Martin, so offense is a bonus, but it's tough to have two offensive players who are really struggling to shoot. Both Owundu and Martin, I think, are in that boat. Um, just non-offensive players. Mo Bamba tying his career high with 15 points, eight rebounds for the rookie playing his first game in his hometown of New York City, two blocks. A lot of that coming in the fourth quarter uh, uh, is production, point production at least, but, um, you know, we're seeing Mo Bamba's maturity and, and, and his uh, continued understanding of the game he, he, with the offense that he's getting. He, he's smart and deliberate with the ball. He's not forcing a lot of things. He's not making a ton of mistakes on that end. So he's got a lot of perception there. His defense is getting better. Um, he's still getting pushed around. He got Ennis Kander got a lot of those offensive rebounds on Bamba. Um, a lot of his scoring came from just you know giving a little nudge to Bamba and moving him out of the way because Bamba just doesn't have this the strength to to hold his own quite yet. Um, that's going to come in time. It's not something I worry about. Um, but for those who are, who are like, well, Bamba needs to play more. Well, Bamba needs to play more. You know, only playing seventeen thirty nine in this game. That's about where you want him, I think, right now. Um, I think. He is taking full advantage of the role he's been given. He's playing extremely well in the role he's been given. Uh, and yeah, more opportunities will come further on down the line. But right now, let's just get Bamba consistent. Where he's consistently, you know, for five, six, seven, eight, nine games straight, giving you the same kind of effort and production every night. And this is two games in a row that he's had career nights, scoring-wise. Um, that he's looked pretty good defensively. Magic are still trying to win. So they're still trying to put themselves in position to win games, and, and they should be trying to do that. They're tied for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, but Bamba doing his work right now, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what what he does and how he continues to develop this year, taking some good steps, and I think that's the most important thing. Jonathan Simmons, nine points, three for nine shooting, missed all three of his three pointers, but seven assists for Jay Sims. Um, Simmons is clearly a little slowed up by that wrist injury still. Um, I think we can all see that. His shot just isn't there. So he needs to find ways to affect other parts of the game. Um, his defense is play, is at a much better level than it was at any time last year, I think. He's a lot more active defensively, a lot more active on the glass. Um, you know, using I think he's better as a point guard in transition more than in the half court. So he's using that to get out in transition and really be a better ball distributor and, and, and creator for this team. Um, he's still one of the better drivers on the team. So getting Simmons out, you know, going in transition is a good thing, ultimately, for the Magic. Uh, and so I think we're seeing that more and more. I think we're seeing him get more comfortable to that, those aspects of his game. And then the shot will come after, and his, and his finishing ability will come after. Um, again, with Simmons, I think it's it's get healthy, find some consistency, and, and we'll see uh, where he goes from there. The match, uh, Jaron Grant, one more, nine points, three for six shooting from beyond the arc, eight assists, another really good game from Jaron Grant. Zach Lowe of ESPN kind of called him out as almost useless offensively, uh, you know, decrying that he dribbles too much, which I think was a fair criticism over the first 10 or so games. Um, but last two games, Jaron Grant's been fantastic. Making shots is the key for Jaron Grant. When he's making threes, when he's making his outside jumper, he becomes a very different ball player, a very different player for this team. Um, his the drives open up for him. He's a better passer. He's just a lot more confident. Um, when the shots aren't falling, which we've seen throughout the year, he struggles a little bit. Sunday night, the shots were falling, and the Magic were much better for it. The Orlando Magic shoot 44.9% from the floor, 40.5% from beyond the arc, making 17 three-pointers. Um, they get 
uh, 10 steals, 9 blocks, good numbers there, uh, and 31 assists on 44 field goal makes. That's definitely something that's going to make Steve Clifford happy. The Knicks shoot 35.2% from the floor, 5 for 28 from beyond the arc, uh, uh, 19 turnovers for them, uh, 15 blocks signed to them from Mitchell Robinson, but they fall 115 to 89. The Orlando Magic now won four of five games to play the Washington Wizards on Monday night in the capital city. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I I think, you know, now that the Magic are 6-7 and at game 13, I think we could take a step back a little bit and think about where this team is at. It was last year at game twelve, at game thirteen, where the Magic's luck ran out. Sitting at eight and four, Orlando was in the playoff hunt, was the surprise of the league, the talk of the league, and almost assuredly looking to turn the corner. It was an exciting time. I was on some national radio. I was on Locked On NBA, talking about the Magic. Everyone was excited about where this thing was going. Of course, during Game 13 on November 11th, with the Magic again sitting at 8-4, and four, things began to change. Really, the change had already begun. We already kind of saw some cracks in the armor. That the Magic's hot shooting was beginning to fade. That 8-4 and four start, while as real and as potential-filled as it was, was beginning to, to slowly dissipate. And while... We're not at the quarter pole yet. Things are beginning to settle, but as we know from last year, things are not completely settled at this juncture of the season. It was in Game 13 on November 11th that Jonathan Isaac went out with the ankle injury that kept him out for virtually the entire season. That moment changed the Magic season in a number of ways. But soon thereafter, Terrence Ross went down. Then Evan Fournier missed time. Then Aaron Gordon missed time. Then Nikola Vucevic missed time. And on and on and on and on and on. The injury bug bit the Magic hard last year. And while it's hard to say how many more wins they would have gotten, whether they would have stayed in the playoff hunt, the truth of the matter is they could not withstand all that and they fell out and had a disappointing 25-win season. That 12-game stretch is something we all held on to. But... It was also a mirage. It was an ideal that the Magic could never live up to anymore or once again. And so we sit here now at Game 13, the Magic 6-7, and seven, a very different place. The Magic weren't 8-4. and four. They were three games off the pace from last year. That Those three games feel like a, a million miles. The Magic, like last year's team this year, have been full of inconsistency whether they're paying close attention to detail for the game plan, whether they're making shots or getting through the offense. I mean, I've looked at statistical profiles. I've seen 
where the Magic ranked at the end at that point in last year to where they are now and even to the end of last season to where they are now. And there is statistical argument or statistical you know statement that, yeah, maybe the Magic are playing worse now than they did last year. Of course, there's still a lot of funny things going on. There's still a lot of moving parts. There's still a lot of questions to answer. Things aren't settled yet. That was the lesson of last year. While you could begin to make some conclusions and sense some trends, there's still a lot of time to pick up the pieces and get going, especially in this Eastern Conference. As we hit Game 13, quarter polls are about Game 21 or 22. As we hit Game 13, the Magic are right in the thick of things. They haven't, you know, there's the old golf saying, you can't win the tournament in the first round, but you can certainly lose it. Magic have not lost this tournament yet. They're doing some good things. We see flashes of their defensive brilliance. We see them moving the ball and, and creating just enough offense to make you really believe that maybe this team has changed things. But what's really important to note and what's really frustratingly the same as last year is finding that consistency. Finding what this team will do for you every single night. That's really what's at the heart of this season. Regardless of wins and losses, regardless of developing players, the heart of this season is building the foundation. And that foundation is built on consistency. What do you do well every single night no matter what? This Magic team, as we know, has a small margin for error. They can't lose focus on the game plan or they'll have what happened against Charlotte happen. They'll have what happened against the Clippers happen. They'll have what happened against the Bucks happen where they get blown out. When they play sharp, when they execute well, they've, they've beaten the Boston Celtics defensively. That was built on their defense. They've gone toe-to-toe with the Philadelphia 76ers. They'll get that opportunity again on Wednesday. The Magic have hints of what they can be. And really, this last week has shown a lot of those hints. They've won four of five, but they're not satisfied. In the Magic's estimation, all five of those games, honestly, should have been wins. And all five of those games, the Magic held double-digit leads they couldn't hold on to. Except for this game against the Knicks. That's why that's such an important step. And now the question becomes, can you do it again on a back-to-back? It's an opponent that you recently played that might want a little revenge. It's a little bit more rested than you are. The Magic still have their work cut out for them. There's no denying that. The Magic are still getting themselves to that level. It's still something they aim for. But really, the mission hasn't changed in the past year. Where last year at this time, we we thought the Magic had something real. I think I sat here and said that. That while as well as they've played, that part isn't real. But their mean can't be that far down. That far below it. 
think this year we're sitting in the opposite place. Where we don't really know what the Magic's mean is. We can't really say, is this team going to put it all together, figure it out, and make a push? Or is it going to crumble and struggle like it has for the last four or five years? I think that's a fair statement to say at this juncture. The way the Magic are playing now it certainly gives you the belief that, that you know maybe they can get some things together. It may not be every night, but four to five nights, giving yourself a chance to win, I think for this team that would be a step. Not a big step, not a step to celebrate, but a step. Something to build on and improve on and grow from. Having the opportunity to win games is a good thing. And the Magic right now at 6-7, and seven, have for the most part given themselves opportunity to win games. And again, that is a step in the right direction. Now, the next step is to do it every night. To not let this sag. If you lose a couple games, to pick yourself back up. Magic have already held meetings to, to address this. They've responded well to their coaches' criticism, to their coaches' um, calls for them. They've done these things. But now... For the rest of this quarter of the season, for the next 10 or so games, they got to continually prove it. They got to settle into who they are. Choose who they are, and it's really a choice. Are you going to be the team that worked the New York Knicks on Sunday? Didn't let them up. Beat a bad team like you're supposed to. Or are they going to be the team like the Pistons game or the Clippers game, where the attention isn't there, the intensity isn't there? And they just falter. This is where we sit a year later from that 8-4 and four start. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. We'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.